Blog Talk Radio.
just to let people know, we do have an opening song, obviously. Uh, so when you download it, do not think you're in the wrong place. I had somebody mention that to me. Yeah, it's kind of long. Right now we're reaching out to uh, one of my favorite bands, seeing if they'll do like a quick riff and we can use that um, for a nominal fee. And uh, we'll, we'll let you know if they get back to us. Gary seems to be skeptical about that. Yeah, he's asking a band that tours around the, around the world if they could write us a, a riff. And I said, if you have a check for $50,000, they would consider it. But I don't think they're going to go out of their way to help us out. I, I don't know. They, they're they really cool with their fans. <laughs> Excuse me. I've actually been one of their uh, biggest supporters. And I will let you know about that band uh, if and when we get a song from them. I, I remain optimistic. Garrett does not seem optimistic. Yeah, I'm not too optimistic. It would be cool, I mean, to get a personalized song for sure. Well, not only that, Garrett's been to one of their shows. I did, uh, down in New York. The only time I was in New York, other than the Cascos, which is the mountains, but I was in Times Square. I went with Matt, and um, it was a decent show. Yeah, they're a good band. They're a really good band. We went to Carnegie Deli. Yeah. Got some banging roasty sandwiches. Yeah. Um. Walked around Times Square. I saw a lot of the main attractions down there. I saw the... the um, Cowboy who dances in his underwear. I saw this lady walking around with rats that would dye different colors on her shoulders. I walked away. <laughs> and um, it was fun. It was a good time. Absolutely. And if you can hear us a little clearer, it's because we have professional microphones, which we just purchased. Uh, we decided to make an investment into the podcast because... We're now available on um, iTunes, and we've been getting listeners every day, and I want to thank all of our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. People are investing their time and listening to us, so we're going to invest our time in producing a better product for everybody out there. Absolutely. So if Gare's uh, microphone sounds a little poppy, it's because he doesn't have a filter on his uh, microphone yet. I ordered it from Hong Kong, and it should be coming in in 10, 10 to 15 days, which realistically means two to three episodes. You should have a pop filter much like mine, so uh So Matt's P's and B's might be a little bit softer, but Well yeah, but these these microphones are awesome. Yeah, they are. They really look nice too. They're heavy, they're they're professional looking. I would love to be able to show people. Maybe I'll take a picture and I'll put it on our Twitter. Um just to update people on our social media at Twitter, uh at or at talk with Matt and Gar. That's talk W Matt and Gar. You can follow also at, at Matt Cisco on Twitter. Call us in anytime, 602-753-1597 to talk about any of the topics we're talking about or anything else that you want to get across, get off your chest. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just enjoy, sit back, listen, and, and we have a brand new setup. We have a brand new iTunes, new microphone, and we're going to go from there. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we're getting more professional. Um, like I said, this is a dream come true for me. Um, kind of going back to the first episode where I introduced all this. The reason for my doing this is because I've always wanted to be on uh, a Philly Sports Talk radio, uh, and that's the reason why we use Block Talk Radio, actually, because it gives us that format and allows you guys to call in. We love calls. Uh, we, sometimes we get zero. Sometimes we get four. It's always great when we get them. Um, makes us feel uh, real professional. And, uh, yeah, we just, we're, we're basically doing this for fun. We're both uh, business. We're both, we're both ambassadors in business degrees. I actually ventured off and became a blackjack dealer. I don't know how that happened. Jared's in the business world doing his thing, but uh, this is what we do for fun. It is fun, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, everybody's sitting at home just trying to imagine the setup right now. It's it's pretty nice. Matt has on those big professional headphones, uh, like 
he's the producer. He can hear with player sounds. We have the microphone set up perfectly. I mean, it really does give you a better feel. Before we were doing it, it was kind of shoddy with shoddy microphones. Yeah, we, we not only I, I'll trust the pop filter from Hong Kong, but we had microphones from Hong Kong. And when I listened to the podcast, it was bad. You could barely hear us. Now, we, like I said, these mics are, I think are going to make a big difference. So I think so too. It, it just makes it more enjoyable too, and it it gives a better feeling. We'll be able to to express ourselves better. We don't have to have the mics right up to our mouth. And oh, God. Yeah. That, uh, we're sitting, the mics we're, right up to the mouth? Like yeah. a popsicle. <laughs> now we're sitting, like, far back, and it's still kind of loud. I mean, these mics are just... can't stop talking about it. Anyway, they're, they're, if you're interested in doing the po- a podcast sometime, it's called uh, Blue Yeti Microphones. Um, They're absolutely... They're, they're somewhat affordable. Yeah. Uh, We got them on sale, but... Well, no, I'm not talking about price or anything, but but anyway, <laughs> they're decent, decent microphones, really nice, really professional, and we're really glad to be here. Should we go ahead and get right into the first topic? Yeah, let's get right into it. Here's what we're here for. Uh, first topic is Aaron Noah pitched last night. Gary, did you get to see it? I did. I watched the whole game, actually, from first pitch to last pitch, first full Phillies game I've watched this season. Nobody out I there can blame me for that. I can't understand why you wouldn't watch a Phillies game. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I could get into the explanation of it, but we only have an hour and a half. Um, it was the first full game I've watched, and I'm not a pitching guy. I don't know if we went over that match much more in the oh pitching. I'm much more in the everyday position players. But, I I mean, at this point, I would be into the ball girl. She made a good play on a sharp foul ball with this lineup they play out every day. So I did watch it, and I was impressed. I'm not going to lie. Um, he ended up with the loss. He gave up the solo home run to the pitcher which nobody really could guess that happening. But his ball moves, I mean, every ball had movement on it. He was able to control the strike zone. He even got a hit, you know, um, and he really kept the team in. He pitched six strong innings. He was on a pitch count. Once he got the 85 pitches, they got the bullpen ready to bring him out. Um, but for a debut, I think it was a successful debut. He lost the game one nothing. Having said that, I feel like the city of Philadelphia – got a victory out of yesterday's game, and he had something to be excited about going forward. Absolutely. I agree. However, uh, as I told Darren on Facebook, I think we need to temper our expectations because pitchers who first come into majors almost always have a very good to dominant first appearance. The reason why is because they don't have any tape on them. Uh, the hitters don't know what's coming. They don't, they're not able to prepare. It's amazing how a few games changes preparation and going through a lineup more than once, and then uh, more than that, going through a, game, a team more than one game. So we're going to have to see how uh, Noah responds to that, but it is an encouraging first sign. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, we have went through this before with J.A. Hatt, Vance Worley, just to name a few guys who came up and made an immediate impact, really dominated the game, and really gave people something to look forward to, obviously. Yeah, they faded. I mean, they're still in the big league. Still having careers. Worley might have. I know Hap still. He had a, just got a victory the other day. Yeah. Um, but either either way, regardless, you know, you watched their first couple of starts and you really expected something. So he does make a good point. Having, have having to, said that, Noah is a much more heralded product for prospect than either of those two. Right. And if you look at the stuff, just just off of the stuff, you know how people say the stuff with a pitcher, his ball did move. I mean, you could see the clear movement and the clear control of the strike zone. 
two really key things for any pitcher. Obviously, he's not he's not what you'd call overpowering. Powering. His fastball tops out at about 94. It's not slow, but at the same time, it's it's not something that you could make a mistake and get away with. Only 94 mile per hour fastball. But with the movement, with the control, and with the other pitches, I mean, his curveball looked nice. Almost looked like a slider a little bit the way it moved. Um, yeah, he's got three three pro ready pitches. Right. So with that, then you could really see that there's something at least there to work with. Oh, absolutely. Whether or not it all comes to be, like I said, I was impressed for sure with this opening game. I'm not ready to put a Cy Young award in his closet yet, but it was definitely an encouraging sign for this team for this season based on the fact that we've had almost nothing with the exception of a few few good games, few good wins, and Mikel Franco to cheer for. Yeah, well, we're going to get into Mikel Franco in a second. The thing I wanted to talk to you about was, Garrett, did you see uh, what happened on uh, Twitter with Noah's brother? No, I know Noah's brother. Um, he's also a pretty big prospect, fifth-round pick out of LSU. Not hitting, as big as not a as prospect. Big. But a fifth round pick in baseball is pretty pretty relevant, and he's he's hitting over 300 in the minor league. They mentioned him on the broadcast yesterday. They said he didn't want to watch the game because he was playing himself. He said he's going to tape it and watch it uninterrupted. Yeah, he went on a Twitter blackout. I I can't even imagine being able to do that. My friends would just text me all the Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty hard in today's world to avoid news. It's not like you gotta turn your phone off. It's not like years ago you put the VHS in, you tape, you tape the uh, basketball game, and unless you have a newspaper the next morning to get the scores. Today you have text calls, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, MySpace, Snapchat, whatever, <laughs> whatever you can imagine. There's millions of ways, and people find out the news as it happens. So. Yeah, hopefully Noah's brother did get to watch the game. He said he was going to watch the game all the way through. And uh, unfortunately... Well, at least there is six innings. I don't know if he cared once Noah left. But. Uh, well, he might have just to see if Noah won. Unfortunately, the least keep him in support. One of the major reasons for that is Michael Franco was out of the lineup. And there's, there's, there can never be any good news. Well, real fast, just to, just to touch on, on yesterday's game, because this is something that I don't think I've ever seen in watching a base. I know it happened before, and they did say it happened before, but I've personally never seen where a team wins one nothing on a solo home run by the pitcher. That's not a half of 1961. Okay, so I wasn't born. Um, so, you know, obviously the result wasn't the in the Phillies' favor, but I thought that was pretty cool that, I mean, something you don't see every day. It, it kind of overshadowed, from a national standpoint, Nola's start, but from a local standpoint, obviously, story. You didn't think, you weren't interested in that? You didn't think that was an interesting yeah, that's interesting. Um, I just want to know when the Philly fans are going to start talking about trading him with Giles. I mean, I can't believe that, that there's even talk of trading Ken Giles if we get the return. That's all we keep hearing, if we get the return. Why would a team give you more than what you would want no, I don't for a think, young closer? I don't think they're going to get any kind of return. Exactly. I mean, you want to keep your young players for the future. Absolutely. At the same time, I don't mind them saying that nobody's that protected. I oh, I, like, I agree. I feel like everybody should be on their toes. I agree. It, it, goes, it goes back to fantasy football, which is the closest we get to being owners. No one on my team is untradeable. Right. I mean, I mean if the best of an offer I have Buddy Bell in a dynasty league. 
So, I mean, to get him, you need to give me two legit starters who are young yeah. who get the ball all the time. But you're not going to shut but, somebody out from offering you something. Because right. you can always say no. It's exactly. always worth taking the offer. Exactly. And saying this guy is off limits, it's just it's kind of productive. Um, not to not just to not listen. But, um, but I, I don't think we have to worry about Giles going anywhere. Obviously, he's being groomed to be the closer in the future. Absolutely. Because the closer up today. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Too. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Franco did not play because of elbow soreness. Now, this concerns me because it's one of our young – one of our – one of our – probably our only positional player prospect that's worth anything. We have a few down in the minor leagues right now for making a name. Roman Quinter, but I'm just saying they're they're relevant. You know, they're guys who Roman Quinter, J.P. Crawford is still young; he's probably two years away. But they're guys we could see coming up. So right, but right now Franco is the only big league big league prospect, I guess. Right. Yeah, and Ashy, we'll see. I'm not sold on Ashy. I think no one's sold on him. But he could be a player on a big league team. I just don't want to be cornerstone. Well, it all depends on what happens. I think we could all jump off the Dominic Brown bandwagon. Yeah, it's time for him to go. I was off that years ago. If you don't remember, I said I did not see it in him and I would have traded him. And it never worked out. Uh, I mean, Philly, uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. He worked out for a half a year. Yeah, he had like a good six weeks. So what you do when you have a big prospect is you want to work out for six weeks and not do anything else. That's, uh, that's the goal. I mean, the all-star team. Oh, now he's entitled too. How dare you send me down? Yeah. But I digress. But like I was saying, Michael Franco is, is in there with elbow soreness. The reason why this upsets me is because a lot of times elbow soreness can turn into a serious injury that requires surgery or major time off. And this is not what we need from a player such as Franco who is doing so well. Oh, my God. That guy actually looks like a legit possible all-star. Yeah. Um. He's really been impressive since he's come up. And in the city of Philadelphia, injury is not a popular word right now. He's 22. Right. And like I said, just with we're going to get into it later on, so I don't want to go into it. But the word injury is just not popular in Philadelphia with young stars. Um, having said that, I feel like I would side – I mean, I, elbow soreness could just be legitimately soreness. It could just be the young guy. Um, I the other thing that Larry Anderson mentioned on the radio broadcast, the only reason why I know this because I went to work, he said uh, before Franco left the game, he was also running with the water. So okay. that also scares me. He always didn't say anything about that. I think right now what you do with Franco is put him at any more risk than he of has course. to be. Oh, then, if he has to sit out the remainder of the season, so be it. you saw what you had to say, that he's legit and he could be a piece. And absolutely. Uh, him. Cause, I mean, I know they, they got everybody's hopes up. Wink, wink, with that five-game winning streak out of the All-Star break to go from 29 and 62 to 34 and 62 or so. But you know, unless we unless we go on another 50-game win streak, I think the season's pretty much over. Absolutely. But I mean, right now, I don't know. Just just to give people hope, just to not rain on everybody's parade. I mean, Mikel Franco still does look like a player. Aaron Ola looks like potentially be a pitcher, and more, and Ken Giles looks like he could be a closer, so... I mean, yeah, there's... there's if anything, there's at least, the core, at least you have something to, to build on, to build on uh, because the rest of the season's just... It's, okay. gross. it's a joke. 
Yeah. Um. The other news is that um the, the Phillies have come out and said that they're not going to pitch um Noah more than 170, and it gives him around 107. Counting his minor league starts. Right. So it's probably going to be. Say he averages seven, seven, six. Five, they said five and a half to six more starts. Okay. But I and mean, then they're going to shut him down, which I think they should do. This is not like Stroudsburg. No, and I'm I'm kind of mixed on on this whole pitch count pitchers being shut down. Uh, I understand it. You're you're not playing for anything. The season's it's in the bag already. So now you're just playing to see if he if he what kind of stuff he has. Give him some experience. Having said that, I feel like for generations pitchers have been pitching. They haven't been on pitch counts. And they haven't been on inning counts. And Tommy John surgery actually is a lot more relevant, is a lot more prevalent today than it was in the past. A lot more people are getting Tommy John surgery than prior, and that could just be because of the medical uh, technology. People understand it more; they realize that it might right, take them out for a year. Pictures generally had shorter back in earlier times. Um, I mean, but you you had workhorses. Oh like, my God, yeah. So you have people like Satchel Paige, Nolan Ryan, who lasted forever. Right. But they're even guys like uh, Cy Young, Christy Mathewson. Right, but that, that, that was that was Walter Johnson. There's a completely different time. time. They, they were different philosophies. Oh, Young, five hundred and eleven wins. You want to talk about in How many any, losses though? He has the most losses too. I forget. Yeah, I think three it was something. Like four or something. It's something ridiculous. But just just from the win total, you talk about in any sport a record that will never be broken. I think that's easily the safest record in all professional sports. Yeah, they don't pitch with the. I mean, that if you get the three hundred, I don't even know if there'll be another three hundred game winner in state baseball. Let alone 511. Oh, I think there'll be another 300 game winner. Well, we'll see. Um, but nobody's getting 511. No, not even close. Yeah. Would um, you put that as the safest record in all sports? Definitely up there. Um, I'm not. Call me up those off guard. So, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I, I think that the Magic is, is pretty safe too. I know it's been. Yeah, but guys throwing that a lot more than he's threatened. Well, no one's gonna come close because it's a different game now. Right. You say well to hundred in a game. Yeah, that'll be perfect. You think somebody's going oh, yeah. to hundred? Absolutely. Kobe had eighty one, but I don't I mean, there's been some sixty point games. Absolutely. Hundred in a game's a, a, a big number. I agree, but it's already been done in high school level and it's been done well it hasn't been done in college yet, but it's been done a few times in high school where uh players are a lot more dominant but I'm not sure. I don't know if a coach would call that many plays for it. I mean... Yeah, they would. They knew they were near the record. Yeah, maybe, maybe day, next year, maybe Carmelo will just go for it. When the I next... think Okafor could be the Okafor? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, think think it, I don't know what else should be. Just one night. I think it would have to be a guy who could hit three-pointers and foul shots, though. Okafor can't hit foul shots. Oh. Can't shoot. Well, hopefully he through his, his foul shooting. So, what couldn't shoot free throws? All right, but he was eight feet taller than everybody. Whatever. Regardless, I think in order to come close, you'd have to be a guy who can make three-pointers and make foul shots. I don't, I don't think you can make 51 two-pointers yes, to score 102 points. Give it to Jaleel every time in the post. Well, see, that'd be awesome. Listen, I would love to see Oka first crack 100. I, I think it's got to be a team like that, though. He's got like, no, no one offensive threat, no one else. Like, like a team like 15 and, 50, 15 and 52, Carmelo might just say, Screw it. I'm just going to take 72 shots today and go for it. I mean, he's a pure scorer. He can get hot. And Durant, could, Durant he, could do it if Westbrook's not playing. I don't know if um, I don't know if Melo's got the stamina, though. He's getting up there in age. Yeah. He's been injured. But he time. likes to shoot the ball. 
Oh God, does he look? So I don't know. If he if he if he drops like fifty one by half, it might be in his head. He might get that second win. We'll see. Anyway, back on topic. Um, I don't even know how we got into that. Oh yeah. Um, Papelbon. Uh, there's reports that there's no traction for the Phillies to trade Jonathan Papelbon. Teams don't want him because they feel that the sixteen million dollar option for next year is going to get hit. Yeah, um, he's not a popular guy in the clubhouse. He's had his problems in Boston. Actually, he is popular with certain people in the clubhouse and not with others. Uh, he's had problems in Boston. He's obviously had problems in Philadelphia. Uh, he's also had a lot of support from Boston pitchers saying that they loved him. So, um, but that is something to take into consideration, the contracts to take into I was, consideration. I was hoping that we could get something for him. And I think it's also the fact that a lot of people know that he's – there's such a rift here right now that teams know we don't have to offer them anything spectacular because it's almost like they want to hand up, give them away. Well, yeah, but I think eventually we're going to come to an agreement to push a deadline. Uh, the other problem is there's guys like Craig Kimbrough out there. He's a better pitcher. And... Well, he just got traded for San Diego this season. Right. Are they yeah. interested in getting, giving him up? San Diego made that run. Uh, they picked up a lot of free agents. The trades really haven't worked out for them. Yeah, so I think a lot of their players are going to be I personally think the closer is an overrated position. I don't really think you need a dominant closer. Most, most people agree. Um, so but Having said that, having a dominant closer, sometimes it is what you need to win a championship. Well, it's definitely a nice luxury. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to put Mariano Rivera in the game and, and be done with it. Absolutely. But there's other positions that are a lot more relevant that teams are going to invest more money in, especially if it comes to a $16 million player option. Right. Um, having said that, I think that uh, Detroit should have traded for Papa Vaughn two years ago. They had a shot to win at least one championship, if not two. Because that was the position they really needed. Well, I think that was the team to do it. There's talk now that Detroit might end up trading David Price and Johannes Cespedes. Uh, it was being talked about yesterday on PTI, and people were – I mean, I know this is just off topic, but, I mean, there are only four games out of the second wild card spot, so how do you feel about that? Just from just from a baseball fan standpoint, say this is the Phillies right now, and we're four games out of the second wild card. Do you want to trade two key players? Yeah, if I can get enough return on investment. It goes back to the point, no one's off limits. Right, but – no one's off limits, but it's a it's a different situation when you're four games out of a wild card and you have a team that's built to win now, and you're a team like the Phillies who are are not built to win now. So, would you, as a fan and fans, if you want to call in and chime in, please do. Uh, if you're if you're a fan and you have a chance to pick up a couple key prospects, but you're also sacrificing your chance to win this year, would you do it? Um. I would do it if, like I said, if the right deal came across. I understand why they want to get rid of Cespedes because he's expiring contract. We have breaking news. The Phillies have scored a run in the 10th inning, and they have won the game. Wow. Everybody. So, judging, judging by their second half uh, average, what are they, 5-1? and 5-1. One? and one. So they've got to be on pace to be like 90 wins. In the, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we might not be trading anybody because we might be right in the thick of things come September. Um, you heard that right. The Phillies did win the game in extras, and we should have probably won the game yesterday. So we keep it up. We should have been six and zero. We should be on pace for a hundred wins if we go for the second half. Yeah, listen, 
And if, hmm. we, if we can win and lose one, you know, then we're 12 and 2, we're 18 and 3, we're 24 and 4, we're 30 and 5. And we're right in it. You talk about that. We go 30 and 5. Who knows? I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed, but. Yeah, until tomorrow. When then maybe Papelbaum will be happier to be here. Yeah. Maybe he'll get used 137 in a Yeah. Well, there's also, that goes into the contract um, stipulation. With if, he's, if he closes out a certain amount of games, then another incentive kicks in. Right. I'm not sure if it's an extra year in a contract no, or it's a money incentive. Is it? $16 million, one year player option. So they're kind of. He might opt out if he's not traded anyway. Right, but it also gives him the option that you don't want to give him. So I could see why they're using him less innings. Right, well, no, they're only using him that many innings. No, he's still the closer. They've organizationally said that Giles is not the closer. Papelbon is. Right, but at the same time, if you're the team, at the same time, if you're the team, um, would you not want to, you you know, you don't want him to get to that to that point because you don't want him to pitch over that ending amount because you don't want him to have the option to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. You. Yeah, but you still hear you my mic. I heard that in my headphones. Uh, so you're good. I'm just getting, no, I'm just getting rid of the excess uh, noise. Okay. Thanks for uh, breaking the fourth wall there, Gare. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you were just not interested in what I had to say. No, I can't I have that. I, I wouldn't do that to you, buddy. My I'm, ego fills this room. It would not. <laughs> it, would it really does. <laughs> um, But yeah, but you understand where they're coming from with the Apple Bond deal. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do with it. He's still closing games. All, all 37 innings have been two closed games. So they're just using him in situations, and they're not using him when it's not. But it's, they're still very close to uh, getting to that $60 million option, which is the reason why no one wants to sign him right now. But does that incentive kick in with another team? Or is that yes. only with the Phillies? No. Kicks in with another team? Yes, and that's why teams don't want to go near him. Right, right. because they would have to use him down the stretch and if they trade for him. And right. Now, there's, there's teams that want to use him as a setup guy, but he, of course, Ruben Amaro and all his wisdom decided to give him a no-trade clause. So, if he's going to be used as a setup guy, he doesn't think he's going to make this option, he can just veto the trade. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of trades, um, what was there, what, what have you been hearing about Cole Hamels? Yeah, um, the Phillies may hold on to Hamels, according to MLBTradeRumors.com. The reason why being is that Andy McPhail does not feel that Ruben Amaro has put his uh, analytics guys – oh, let me rephrase that. Ruben Amaro doesn't have analytics guys, and uh, McPhail wants his own analytics guys to evaluate prospects. I – I said this before. I think you made the same point, and I think a lot of people I've been speaking to have had similar feelings about it. We were all wondering how this would go down because if, in fact, Ruben Amaro is a dead duck GM, lame duck, lame duck GM, why would you give him what could potentially be the biggest trade of the next 10 seasons for the Phillies? So I think this is something that we've all been anticipating or at least wondering. Um, I know we spoke about it before. You said you thought Gillis was pulling more to strength anyway, so a, uh, trade, so a trade could happen. Amaro even came out and said, heck, it was his say. So did Jonathan Papelbon. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Papelbon just absolutely tore apart the yeah. uh, um, but I, front office. It's a little – I would like to get the trade done now 
Um, I know maybe maybe McPhail wants to put the maybe McPhail wants to put the extra time in with his guys on scouting the players, which you know I respect that he wants to make sure that he makes the correct trade. Um, But what you're doing is you're making Cole a year older, a year less desirable. He could get hurt. He could have another down. He could have a down season. there's a lot of risk, and I don't know if the reward of taking a little bit extra time to scout players is worth it. Uh, I think what you're really doing is, I mean, because it's inevitable that he's going to be traded, so I feel like you trade him now, and and you know you try to bring in the best pieces available because you know as players age, the contracts uh, gets bigger. People they have to pay more money per year, um, and like I said, you got the injury risk. You know, what if he goes out there and he and he needs Tommy John surgery? Now he's out for a year or so. You lost all rights to trade him. So absolutely. And where do you where are you on that? You would like to see a pool now? No, uh, of course, trade's not right. You don't do it. That's the bottom line. Having said that, uh, they do run the risk of um they do run the risk of doing what they did to all their players, which is just letting them get too old to where they have no trade value. I'll uh, Ryan Howard or Chase Utley. Right. And I agree with you 100%. If the trade's not right, you don't do it. Uh, because Cole still is a valuable piece. Um, but to your point, we did go through this before. So we do have something that we could look back on and use as a reference. Uh, you did sit too long with Howard, with Utley. Um, the only guy that you got rid of was my boy, legendary Jimmy Rollins. And Which is a good move, by the way. He's a but still, you're going to keep Utley. He's getting higher than Utley, so. Good. But well, we actually got something for Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, but Jimmy Rollins is my favorite. That's all. Well, I don't care. I, they got a good return for him. So yeah. So it was a good deal. But we could have traded Utley a few years ago. We, tra- we could have traded Cliff Lee. We could have gotten a lot for Utley a few years we, we ago. We could have got, got something for Cliff Lee. At least got oh a contract off the books. Yeah, the Dodgers deal. I, I was telling Eric that we needed to yeah. do that. I would have loved to do that. I would have traded Roy Halladay um, at a certain time. I said right after he won a Cy Young. I would have traded him. Well, the rumor was that we were able to uh, get Trout and uh, Trumbo for Roy Halladay. I mean, God, where would this team be today with with those guys? Well, those were rumors. Trout was always the number one prospect in the Angels system. I don't know if that was No, I think, I think that they wanted Halladay that bad. They wanted the Cy Young Award winner. They were willing to give up Trout. There was, they said there was no other player in baseball that they would do that for, but you could got Trout and something, and the Phillies said, have possibly gotten Trout and Trumbo. At the time, the well, Phillies... Trumbo, at the time, what, what year was that? 2011? 2012? Yeah, it was right before uh, Trout started and they made it the year before. Yeah, so... That, I mean, Halliday was in the prime. and Who, who knew that he was just going to fall right off the shelf? But, uh... But, yeah, oh my god. This team has Trout. We're talking... We're talking about a... Different team and, and Trumbo. Trumbo could have gotten us even if we didn't use him. Trumbo is the best player in our outfielder right now. I'm just gonna say. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, Trout would be the best player in the outfield. Well, right, but I'm saying in the Phillies outfield today, even hitting 220, Trumbo is still the best player in right. our outfield. So this this just goes to to strengthen the point that we would like to see Cole Hamels traded now if the deal is right. Absolutely. Now we're gonna get off topic of Philly sports. Aaron, is that a hickey on your neck? I don't think so. Uh, oh my! Probably a pimple. Oh. Um, well, I haven't, I haven't knowingly been around any girls lately, so 
Unless one of them drugged me and I passed out or something. Oh, it might be sunburn. Yeah, it might be sunburn. It looks like a patch of sunburn, but it looks like it might have been a hickey. Nah. I, I was going to say, did Gary get pulled? No, nah, that would have been nice if I could talk about that on the oh. air right now, but unfortunately, it's, Sorry, it's probably sunburn. Sorry, bud. Way to way to point that out and burn me in the process at the same time. It's all right. So anyway, back <laughs> back to Philly. Back sports. to Philly sports. Sorry, that was just we went from one depressing topic to another. <laughs> My dating life, Philly sports. Well, neither's going really unfortunately, well. Unfortunately, we we chose to do a Philly sports podcast at a time where it might not be the most optimal time. A lot of the news that we've had to report here is bad. The one good thing I will say is, as much as I'm a Debbie Downer on the whole. Aaron Nola thing is Aaron Nola does look like he's a legit guy and uh he does look like he's gonna be a legit part of this uh pitching lineup. But everyone said that he's got no shot to be an ace. Uh he's number three starter, number three starter, number three starter, which is all I read about at pretty much any prospect because no one wants to give him a one or two designation because it's just too much uh flattery. I think this kid's got a shot to be a legit number one starter. Um, guys like Greg Maddox, Tom Clavin didn't throw too hard through low 90s, and in Maddox's case, maybe in 89, 88, and they just knew how to pitch and, and became an ace. I'm not saying he's that kind of guy, but I'm just saying that, you know, there there's ways to go. Everyone's going to have a shortcoming, and, and not having too much, not having all that much velocity isn't the worst shortcoming to have. No, I mean, people... It's the old sales tactic, you know. You sell low and and give it, give give a better product. Or I forget exactly how it goes. Right. So you don't so want, if you, if you, you don't lower expect if you temper expectations, right. you'll always exceed them. If you have everybody expecting him to be a third starter and being comp- coming an ace, then people whatever, right? Comfortable, happy with that. <laughs> then and he ends up becoming a one or a two or a legit ace, then people will be happy. Um, if you go and you say he's going to be you know, Clayton Kershaw, and he ends up being a, a third starter, and people are really going to be disappointed. So, Back to your hickey. Did LeBron do that? Yeah, LeBron James <laughs> gave me a hickey. Um, but, so, it, it's it's okay to say that. I mean, it's it's like it's like when a position player comes up, you don't, you don't want to say this guy is going to be the next uh, Willie Mays. Well, then, Greg Murphy had no problem comparing uh, Aaron Nola to Greg Maddox. For his first start, which I thought was just special. I mean, that, that's just don't don't do that, especially if the guy has a pitch, major league pitch. It's ridiculous. All right, we're about to get into the Sixers, but before we do, Garrett want to get into some LeBron James news, and like I said, LeBron might have given him a hickey, so <laughs> we're gonna allow him to get into that. Garrett or George? Um, so I did see on Facebook, and this is more for movie buffs. But Space, or, or LeBron lovers like Garrett. Space Jam 2 might be coming out, and they're talking about LeBron James taking over Michael Jordan's spot. So it, it's just like a transition from, you know, Jordan was Space Jam, now LeBron was Space Jam. People thought Jordan was the best, now LeBron's the best. I would say it. I don't, know, I don't know what would happen. Uh, somebody would threaten the Looney Tunes land again, and, and LeBron would have to dunk on their heads. I don't know how it's going to work, but he's coming off a successful acting debut. Because Space Jam just had the greatest plot in the world. Well, he's coming off a successful acting debut with Amy Schumer and that other guy whose face you always see in movies, but you never know his name. He was in Superbad, and he was in some other projects. Um, 
I just don't know his name. But if you see him, you say, oh, yeah. Ed Helms? No, not Ed Helms. Not Ed Helms. Sudeikis? No. No, I don't know. He's just one of those guys. Yeah, train wreck. If you see his face, you're just like, oh, I've seen that guy before. What's his name? I don't know, but I've seen him before. Oh, it's Bill Hader, isn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Bill Hader. Maybe. Yeah, it's Bill Hader. Okay, so he's a guy, you know, he's pretty famous. I mean, I've definitely seen him before. Hey, you should be starting at last. So, you know, maybe LeBron's just working in that, getting it in now. So when he retires, he can just go right into that second acting career. Um, I don't think Space Jam's going to win him an Academy Award. But if the rumors were legit and he ends up, yeah, uh, that's him. If the rumors were legit and he ends up being in Space Jam, I'd say it. Would you? No. Did you see Space Jam 1? Why not? Not any interest. I mean, most people have seen Space Jam. So Maybe in your age group. And, and my best friend definitely would too because he's all about cartoons. Shout out to Eric. What's up, Eric? What's up, Eric? <laughs> um, Alright, so let's get into the uh, Philadelphia 76ers news, which is not good. Um, Sixers have, have another injury for center Joel Embiid. Apparently, word is out that his his foot has been rebroken. Garrett, what are your thoughts on this? And then I'll give you what my girlfriend said, which I teased Garrett with yeah. on the show. Matt's uh, girlfriend's a, well, she's a nurse, nurse practitioner, which is basically a doctor. Right, so she definitely knows a lot more about these injuries than either me or Matt do. And I would call her, but unfortunately, that's another $100 a month for us to be able to call people. Right. So um, she doesn't call in because right now she's working, actually. No, that's fine. Just just from a fan's perspective, I don't love it. I mean, when I don't think anybody, any Sixers fan is going to love no, it. No, but my point is this. Um, when the Sixers made the pick, it was risky. We all thought it was risky. It was a pick that had to be made because there was nobody Absolutely. else on the board. So we, Yes, that means Dante Exum's four points a game. Yeah. And Aaron Gordon's great showing in the summer league. Don't give me that stuff. Yeah. The Gordon Gordon, I seen him play. I had no interest in him. And the Exum stuff was ridiculous because all the people who we were screaming against Doc, Dante Exum, they'd never seen one minute of him play basketball. It was all off of Like I was for Moody. Right. I mean you know, if you're an international scout and you watch him play and you want to praise him and say Dante Exum's legit, then okay, <laughs> go ahead. You're an international scout. You watch him play. But when you're a guy who's never seen him even even dribble a basketball. I have. I watched YouTube clips. You can watch he a was, YouTube clip. He was very good. But YouTube clips are only of the best You know who else I make. saw? Um, one of my um, one of the guys in one of my fantasy football leagues sent me, or, or sent the whole league because we have a whole Facebook page. So, which we're going to do for our fantasy league. Um, but um, he put up a YouTube clip of Zach Zenner running all over defenses in South Dakota State. He looks like a superstar. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, in everyone's highlight tape, they look like a superstar. Listen, I mean, right? We could we could do me crossing you. you. I could film you taking crossing you over. I could shoot you. You could take two hundred three pointers, and you can make six of them. And I'll make sure I get to six, and then we'll edit it up to make it look like you just made six in a row. And we'll skip the 194 bricks, and we'll make you look like a star. So um, all those clips are made to make players look better. But anyway, back back to the subject at hand. Um, it, it was a risky pick. I didn't love it. Obviously, I really wanted Parker or Wiggins 
at the time I wanted Parker more. I think Wiggins looked like the better player last year, <laughs> but I would have been happy with either. Um, I like Wiggins. I always like Wiggins. But there was no debate that you couldn't take Embiid at three. You had to take him just because of the upside. Absolutely. So, okay, so we made the pick. We knew he was going to be hurt. Now, here's where it comes into play. You already have the idea in your head that he's going to miss the full season, which was fine. We all accepted that. Um, would see him this year, hopefully. But now you also had in your mind he's a seven-footer with injury problems, which isn't a great start to a career. And when they said that initially the injury didn't heal correctly and it wasn't fully healed, you were saying you didn't like it because you felt like he should have been healed by now, but you were saying, okay, let's just decide on, on with precaution. We'll hold him out, and it's fine. But to hear that he could have been healed and then broke it again, that's just not a good sign because – because that just means that he's injury prone. I mean, you know, I mean, there's fluke, uh, fluke accidents. People get hurt. You know, you can walk outside and 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 step on a rock, trip and and break your leg or something. But at the same time, coming with a guy who has had injury problems, I would have much rather have known that he just didn't heal yet rather than he broke it again. Let's where are we start from here. I'm gonna start with. Uh... Let's go with what everyone said about this foot injury. They said that no big man has ever had a successful career with a foot injury because when you're seven feet tall and you put that much weight on your foot, then you're just bound to re-injure it over and over and over and over again. It was going to be chronic. This was all I heard before the draft, so this is not completely unexpected. Now, I read the bone, I think it's a navicular bone that broke Excuse me. Thanks, Google, for that one. Uh, I couldn't figure that out on my own. Anyway, so like I said, I, I looked up broken navicular bone, and I asked my girlfriend, I was like, so what happens with the broken navicular bone? She's like, why, did you break into navicular bone? I was like, no, Joel Embiid did She's like, who's that? But anyway, so eventually we got on to talking about it. So basically when you break a bone in your foot, your foot and your hand have hundreds of little bones in them. Right. Um. So basically, when you break one of those bones, like the navicular bone, you have two options. Number one, let it heal on its own. Doesn't really work that well for a big guy. Number two, put pins and screws in it and give it surgery. That's probably the option they took. Here's the problem with that. When you're putting pins and screws in, there's hundreds of little bones floating around there. So while you may have fixed that bone, you probably broke another bone. So she said those kind of injuries happen all the time because there's so many little bones in your foot. And she said there's there's no real easy way to fix it. So I don't know if but, they're going to do another surgery, but even if they do, there's a good chance that he'll break another bone. And it's just not it's not, it's not looking good, and, looking and, good um, for a career. I, I feel like the key, the key sentence that you just said um, right there is, is there's no – real way to fix it. Right. So, so, I mean, you can, like I said, you fix it with screws. You have to be absolutely pinpoint precise. Right. And you've got to hope that, like, he doesn't press on it too hard and it hits another bone. Right, which means it's a weakened, it's weakened. And, and It's weakened, and, and not only that, like, the screws are going to impact other bones. And when you're playing basketball at full speed, it's really hard to be delicate on your feet. Right. So, it's, it's not a good sign right now. Things aren't looking good. And um, you should basically write him off. So uh, you took a shot. Like you said, you couldn't not take that shot. You had to take that risk at three. 
I agree. And it didn't work out. But hey, we got him beat. So it's all. And and if he does give you something, then that's just that's great. Right. A positive. Um, but I think he could have a similar career to Bill Walton. Bill Walton, hold on, Bill Walton, coming out of college, was the greatest college player who ever lived. In the pros, he gave you one or two productive years, and he was a substitute the rest of the time. Yeah, how did he make the Hall of Fame? I think he's college, because he's college career. He's the greatest college player of all time. Yeah, but when you're in the NBA Hall of Fame, the National Basketball Association. He won a championship, and he averaged. I know a lot of guys. I never really got to watch Bill Walton play. And and it it might have also been because of his, um, is he brought a lot to the game. Like he, he was really a teacher. Uh, he was, he was a very good um, announcer, and he was an ambassador to the game. And he's goofy. I mean, he, he's a big yeah, goofy guy. You're goofy doesn't mean you should be in the Hall of Fame. Right, but Phil Jackson should be on the Hall of Fame because of his coaching. I think Bill Walton, as an analyst, brought a lot of things that people don't realize. Like, but they have the the uh, section in the Hall of Fame for analysts. He's in there as a player. He's not in there. At, yeah, questionable. Or like a lifetime achievement award for everything that he brought the best. That's ball. questionable, but he, like I said, he he was very productive when he played, but he could he was very limited. He only had one or two years where he had seasons. Well, I've had I've had, and this is off topic, but I've had more than a few guys, uh, older guys, middle aged guys who watched Bill Walton play, and it came up. Todd's uncle uh, said at one time, or his dad, one of one of the two, that he's like the most overrated basketball player of all time. He was a good basketball player, just with the injuries, he never really got to live up to the potential. Right, but in college, my grandfather... Well, maybe in college, him, yeah. And he said he was the greatest college basketball player he's ever seen. He's oh, I mean, I think he won, like, three or four national championships. I think he was won he a part of that where they went, like, 11 in a row yeah, or something? Yeah, he, he won all four. Three? No, he won three, I think, because he came out early. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he won three or four. But, yeah, he was, he was great. But, now, besides Embiid's future... And regardless, if, if he ends up being a good player, he ends up being uh, legit, or he could be the next Greg Oden. Um, I think that there, there's another story at hand here, and that's how the Sixers approach to letting fans know what's going on. Well, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, their owner is very much not a sports owner. He's very much a businessman. Where did he make his money? Uh, I think it was uh, on Wall Street. Okay. But and that's why he trusts Hinky so much. Because Hinky was not a basketball guy; he was a Wall Street guy, was very successful, and who decided to to use um as his asset based uh, equation into uh, basketball via analytics. And um, I think that's why Josh Harris trusts him so much. And I don't know if it's a mistake or Do not. Do you like the approach though? That I, I I mean, they're lying to fans, and and this has just been reported. Um, like I don't. Of course so we don't, not. We don't know if it's actually well, true. Yeah, but, but a lot of people have said it already, and it's no, it's horrible, and they're going to get buried for it. They're already getting buried enough for for sending out a D league roster. So, um, by the way, my boy Seth Curry just got signed by the, the Sacramento Kings. Jared told me before we went on the air. I just want to mention that cause that's the guy who I wanted the Sixers to get. I really think he's the most underrated guy. He's not in the NBA. He was MVP this summer. And he was, he was uh, a D-League All-Star last year. I mean, he's very good. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. He has definitely has the bloodline with his dad, Dell, and obviously Stefan. But he can step back and nail a three-pointer, um, which I think is desperately needed in the NBA today. The problem is it's a little small. So it's Stefan. Exactly. I'm not saying he's going to be Stefan Curry. No. <laughs> Not at all, but he's a guy who's come off your bench to give you instant offense, 
And for him to be on the scrap heap like that was just unheard of. I mean, I, I, I thought the Sixers were fools just not signing him. And I actually think it's going to help the Kings, which is going to hurt the Sixers because we can, of course, swap picks because of mastermind. Sam um, which gets back to my point, yes, I think Sam Hinkie is that good. And I think Sam Hinkie is extremely smart, and the way he's done things has been the right move. I have not disagreed with one of Sam Hinkie's moves, except when it first happened, I disagreed with the uh, new holiday trade. And a little bit I disagree with the Michael Carter-Williams trade, but we'll see what we get from that. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers have improved, so. No, they haven't. They, and they I think got Julius Randle, they got D'Angelo Russell. Okay, those two I'll agree with. However, when you put Roy Hibbert and, uh, what's his name, Rondo on your team. Rondo's on the team. Uh, not Rondo. Put uh, Hibbert and who's the other one? They uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams and Swaggy P are just going to start blocking each other's shots yeah, because they're not getting the ball. Clarkson proved that he could play last year. Right, but Clarkson plays the Andrew Russell's position. No, they could both play together. They, there's already been um, multiple reports saying that they're going to play together. We'll see. We'll see, but Lou Williams is going to need his minutes, and I'm telling you, him and Swaggy P are going to start blocking yeah, each other. Yeah, but Lou Williams doesn't define a team. I right, mean, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is I, I don't think they're a playoff team. No, I'm not going to say that they're a playoff team. I just don't know if we're going to be the number four pick in the oh, draft. Oh, no, we're not going to be number four pick in the draft. There's a shot we got a top ten pick. We'll see. If, um, I, if we get a top ten pick, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, MCW's already hate. We can get him back for pennies on the dollar. From Milwaukee. From Milwaukee. Milwaukee can't stand him. They think that he can't play. Well, let's do it. Shit, we can get, I mean, if we can give them a second-round pick, then let's do we it. We need a point guard. I mean, oh, that's the other news today. So, Sam Hinkie has given out four-year contracts to point guards like Pierre Andy. Jackson. Pierre Jackson, Scotty Wilbekin, and there's one more I'm saying. But Pierre Jackson. I know Pierre Jackson has some guarantees. I don't think the other one. Right, they're all partially guaranteed. Pierre Jackson, great signing. I love that guy. It's like Isaiah Kanan, only better. Um, Scotty Wilbur. Sorry to say, I love the guy. He's like Isaiah, Kanan, but okay. <laughs> but he can play. Well, so, what I mean by that is he's the shoot first type of guy, but he averaged uh, thirty points at Baylor, or close to thirty points at Baylor. Yeah, I have no problem with him. From oh. the small parts that I've seen him play, he looks like he could be whatever. It's the Sixers, and right now we don't right. Wilbur looks better, like he might be able court. to run your offense without touching the ball, so he's a nice, decent backup point guard. I think you're going to try to trade Tony Roden for a second at some point. Um, I like Tony Roden as instant offense off the bench. Right. Yeah, good. You're going to give us a second for him, but I'd rather have him in the second round. Well, I'm telling you, he's going to be traded for a second. I you, mean, don't, you don't know what Sam Hickey can do with seconds. He can swap two first round but you picks. But you do need that guy who can come off the bench and score some points. I mean, every team needs it. They need somebody. Okay, but I'm telling you, you're going to have Isaiah Kanan. You have Isaiah Kanan, who is Tony Roden, only younger. I think he can't score what's coming. Uh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Now he, he, looked, he looked bad um, near the end of the season because he was hurt. But I'm telling you, that guy can score. I mean, that's all he can do, and he's done. But I think he's just an offense off the bench. Problem I have is with Pierre Thompson and Kanan and Tony Roten, you don't have anyone who's a true point guard. No, they're not all going to be on a team once in a year or two. Right. I mean, obviously somebody's going to go. Now, I, I now, would rather keep Roten over Kanan. You'd rather keep Kanan. So well, I think they're both going to make the team because they're both fully guaranteed. For this season, probably. But Hold on. But I, I really think Tony Roten's going to be traded. But anyway, let's see here. So, like I was saying, um, so my, my best friend again, Eric, who is the uh, head coach of the wheelchair Sixers, couldn't understand how we're giving away four-year deals like they're candy. And I explained 
the reason why I believe they did this is because the league minimum this year and the league minimum next year, the league minimum is going to go up with the contract. And what Hinky just did is genius because he signed guys probably for what's going to be under the minimum contract four years from now. Definitely three years from now when the cap goes up 60%. These are going to be under minimum contracts. So even if we cut the guys, there's absolutely no loss. And then occasionally you'll get a four-year deal out of this from an extremely productive guy like a Marcus Thornton, you should be making $15, $16 million, and you just get lucky. That's why he's dishing out these four-year deals, so like they're candy. Uh, Marcus Thornton should be making that much. but And in today's NBA, yes, he should. But the point is, well, he's severely underpaid. He's severely underpaid. But um, So you got a shot at hitting one of these guys, and that that's what you hope to do. If you, if you miss on all of them, hey, it's partially guaranteed, and like I said, under the minimum. It's, it's, not, it's, not, that, it's not that big of an investment right now. Exactly. Um, I, I just want to go back to the Embiid thing to get your perspective on it. So, um, like you said, as your girlfriend explained the injury to you, uh, there's really not much you could do. You just hope for the best. You get the surgery. You don't get the surgery. You hope for the best. Um, do you feel like, like the Sixers could have had, a, had their doctors come out and explain that to fans? Because, you know, obviously the average fan no, isn't educated no, on, on no, the injury. No, 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 It's not their job to do that. Rather than lying, though, and saying he just didn't heal, and now it's coming well, no, out no, no, that they no. completely they, they lied to you. They could have said that he rebroke his bone. They could have said they rebroke the bone, but they, you don't want to give them that explanation. That explanation uh, leads everyone to believe that it's chronic and he'll never get better. But I think most people are thinking there, it's chronic right now anyway. There is a chance that he does get better. If the screws work and, and he doesn't and they don't touch any other bones, like I said, there's hundreds of them. So it's not probable, but there's a chance. Surgery works and they get all better. They think that they got a better surgeon this time. So we'll see what happens. Well that's crazy, um, with the amount of money that NBA teams have to, to get not well, get the best surgeon in the world to begin with. Here here's what's even crazier. Uh if you're the Sixers, you do him your you with your option. Having not played a game well, probably... You, get, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it right away. I mean, you still have next year to see him play before right, you take the first year option. Right, but what happens if he doesn't play next year? If he doesn't play for three years, then I'm probably not going to. I mean, how much is that right. worth your option? Four million? Oh, that's it? Yeah. You're probably going to give him that option, too. I mean, but when does upside Absolutely. stop being upside and it's just... But you're going to have to give him that fourth year to try. I mean, it's like baseball prospect. It's like prospect in any sport. When is that? No, actually, hold on. It's coming pretty quick. So it's probably going to push from seven million. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty high. But here's the thing. No, seven million. It might even be more than that, no? No, I think it's about seven. It's about seven million. And like I said, the cap's going to be the seven million dollar player that day is going to be like a four million dollar player today. You're going to have to give him let's, the option. Let's see what Okafor and Noel turn into. Um, I think if they both. I have, think you still got to give him the deal and hope to trade him. But when, what year does upside not is not upside anymore? And when this is it year. just a box? This year when he becomes a free agent. I mean, so if you have a team full of prospects, then you're going to be banned for five years and not make any changes at all? Well, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. I care, just about guarantee the fourth year will be picked up. And uh, we're going to give him every shot. Listen, hopefully he plays next year and he gives them a reason to pick it up. You hope, but because if he doesn't give him a reason to pick it up, I think it's going to be definitely a hot button topic in Philadelphia. I think you have people on both ends of the spectrum. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not sure right now if I pick it up. I, I'll, let's wait and see. I mean, we have a, we have over a year left before we have to do 
guy that um, who even knows next year the Sixers might be picking third or fourth and and the by far best player might be another big well, one. The thing, about next, the thing about next year is we're probably going to get three or four first rounders. Yeah, with the which Heat. Is, and... Which is nice. So we'll have uh, leverage to move and I think next year's the year they're going to start trying to sign the free. And we'll have some leverage to move some pieces. I mean, we'll be able to move some pieces. We got four first rounders to trade, and I think Noel and and, and uh, Okafor are really going to be pretty dominant in the in the paint. I think they're going to be two dominant big men. I, I like so. I like and and they complement each other's other. game, right? We just said at the same time because Okafor is obviously much more of an offensive player. He'll, he could develop into a better defensive player with coaching, uh, with technique, and Noel is obviously a stud defensive player who could put up some points, but he's not a guy that you want to rely on to have to score. If he Absolutely. gives you if he gives you 12, 14 points, you're happy with it. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see if there's even room for Embiid. I guess there would be if he's really, if he's really the talent that he's well, supposed to be. Well, not only that, did you see the picture of him next to Okafor? Uh, he's grown. He's like 7'2 now. All right. But 7'2 does you no good when it's sitting on the bench. Right. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll definitely see it. I think that's definitely a topic for another day. Um, I think Philadelphia sports fans are kind of dreading that because they know that that might be a situation that comes up, and they definitely don't really want to have to make that decision. Um, you got, you have the hanky lovers who will say, trust the process. If it means giving an extra year to MB, then we'll do it. And you got the anti-hinky guys who will say, enough is enough. It's enough enough with MB, enough enough with hinky. So, like I said, topic for another day. Enough uh, is enough, and it's time for a change. Yeah. Who's, which one said it? Which, Owen Hart used to say No, not Owen Hart. Well, yeah. Who said that? One of them said it. I think it was, um, it was one of Savio Megan or someone. No. Somebody <laughs> bigger. I don't know. Regardless, we can't think of who said it right now. Some 80s wrestling. Um, but, but it's definitely. I think it was Maple or someone. Maybe. I don't know. It's definitely going to be something to debate. For the hinky lovers and the hinky haters, um, Matt's gonna try to find out who that, who said that. Just in case anybody's interested, if you know the answer, call us in at six zero two seven five three fifteen ninety seven. You're right. It was Owen Hart. Was it Owen Hart? Yeah, I thought it was. Um, Owen Hart, who had that tragic fall during one of the pay-per-views. Um, but definitely remembered for enough is enough, and it's time for a change. The Black Heart, the Heart Foundation. All right, calm down. Uh, when he kicked Bret Hart in the knee, in his injured knee after they lost at a Malfi in the 94 Rumble. Remember that? Uh, yes, I do. I was so, a huge Owen Hart fan. I used to love wrestling. I used to watch it so much, I kind of lost interest in it recently. But I definitely still a little bit like it. I, I watch it still. But anyway, uh, Sam Bradford wants to play out his contract. No surprise there. Because if he signed today, he'd get a very team-friendly deal. <laughs> and if he succeeds at all, he's going to get a very player-friendly deal. Yeah, he's, he's betting on himself. Um, we've seen other players do that in the past. Obviously, you have the risk factor being if he signed an extension today, he would have extra guaranteed money even if he gets hurt. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where if he outperforms what his contract would be, he wouldn't be able to get out of get the extra money. Um, I, I I don't know if it's a good bet. I when Sam Bradford came out of college, I really did like him. In his first year, I, I did like him. But he really hasn't shown me much. And 
I don't know. At this point, take the money, dude. I mean, you're going to get millions either way. He's already a millionaire either way, but if you he get... He made his, $148 million off his first shot. Right. He's a, he's a millionaire. Uh, was he the last big contract before yeah. this? Yeah, okay. And anybody who wants to know why the NFL made the rookie salary cap, Sam Bradford. See Sam Bradford. See Sam Bradford. Um, it also makes this trade look worse. I mean, you kind of expected it because he's doing what's best for him. But say say he does play and say he plays well. Say he plays all 16 games and he throws 4,800 yards and 41 touchdowns and the Eagles go 12-4 and four and they make the NFC Championship. And now he wants an Andrew Luck-type deal or something. Do you really want to give it to him? You don't because it's only been one year. So you franchise him. Oh, oh. That's I what, shouldn't have schooled you, sir. No. Well, that's what Matt said. Matt said to franchise him. All right. Here's the deal. So wait, let me there's, finish real fast. No, because you're now stealing I'm not my stealing thoughts. your ideas. I said you said to franchise him. Go on. My point is, so Matt said, then you franchise him. So now you franchise tag him, okay? And then he has, say, a decent season. Say he misses four games and they still make the playoffs. Well, you can't franchise a guy twice in a row. So now you're stuck and do you want to give him a $100 million deal or not? I think a guy like Sam Bradford really doesn't make you feel good about giving him a huge deal regardless. So it was a bad trade to me because the best case scenario is he plays great and then you feel very uncomfortable about giving him a big deal. And the other scenario is he plays awful or he gets hurt and then you lost balls in the second round pick for nothing and you have no quarterback. So to me, that was something that should have been thought out. Um, Best case scenario is still not that great because you're still not sure what you want to do with him. Worst case scenario is you got nothing really. Um, so just to me, it was a bad trade. Again, that goes back to Chip Kelly's general manager's uh, skills right now. Still unproven, and Matt wants to retort. He wants to oh, well, allow me to retort. Go ahead. Well, now, what I'm hoping for is very simple. I hope that Sam Bradford has an excellent season. You franchise tag him, and due to the lack of quarterbacks in the NFL, there are five or six teams who would love to outperform and give Sam Bradford a contract. Now, when you franchise someone and someone signs them, which no one knows because it's never happened in the history of the NFL because no quarterback who is worth anything has ever made it to that point, you must give up two for two years' first-round picks. That's why no one ever picks up a franchise tag player. That's why no quarterbacks ever go on the franchise tag. Joe Flacco was the last one who might who was rumored to possibly be on there, and there were five or six teams ready to jump. My feeling is that Chip Kelly does not need an elite quarterback to run his offense, and I wouldn't mind getting a first-round pick who, even in the later first round, who will run Chip Kelly's offense. We bring a young guy in and just get him to learn. Uh, I don't. I I hope it's not Tebow. I hope it's not Sanchez. But you get even the young rookie. I don't care. Get someone to learn his system. And uh, if you have to get an organ retread, who just knows the system and let get him to play a year. Now you might waste a year, but two years first round picks. That is huge. That is something the Eagles. I know they have Marcus Smith, but other than that, they usually give them their first round picks. So two years first round picks. Two years of getting two two first round picks is huge. So that's the route I hope but they go. But that's 
very rare. Uh, I don't think it's going to go to. I mean, even even if they ended up franchising him, you know, it's going to be tough to get a team because they're going to have no, the same concerns about the Eagles. Do we want to then sign him to a hundred million dollar contract? They will. Because you're not going to give up. Two yes, they do. Before. I'm telling you right now. All he has to do is have a good year where he's healthy and he's a top ten quarterback in the Eagles system. That means he doesn't have to do that much. But then a team's going to have to give him a, a guaranteed $100 million. I mean, obviously all the money's not guaranteed in football. So They're going to give him $50 million guaranteed. Either. Yeah, and I think a team's going to absolutely do that because if you're the – Redskins. Exactly. There, it just came out today. There's a report, 33 – or I, I think it was like uh, – oh, I know, it's the majority of the GMs don't believe that Griffin – who hurt himself with that injury, has hit rock bottom, and he can't reform his game to become a drop-back quarterback. Therefore, they think that he is not going to be the same player. But if you're the Washington Redskins and you're continuously logging around in last place and you just need a quarterback, you're going to take that risk. And I'm telling you, there's a team, I don't think it's going to be a lot of teams, but there's going to be a team, probably with a very good first-round draft pick, He's going to say, hey, I need a quarterback bad enough. I want to sign Sam Bradford. And I think that's what Chip Kelly is banking on. I would. And then you've given up a second right. and full. And if this happens, let's just see if this happens. Are you talking right now hypothetically? Yeah. Right. If he has a great season, which he has to stay healthy and have a great season, first of all. I, I agree. And then they have to franchise him. And, and they have, have no offensive guard. And then you have to get the team interested in making the deal and so on. And right. so I don't think the team being interested, like I said, I think that – but right now, a lot of a lot of pieces to the puzzle have to be put together. But I'm telling you, Kelly is crazy like a fox. I think that's what he's thinking. But he needs to rely on other people. Then I mean, sort of. But even if you get if you get Bradford on a one year franchise deal, it's not the worst thing in the world. So what if, what if Bradford, and the other the other thing you said is inaccurate as well. You can franchise a player to take two years in a row. I don't think you can. Oh, you absolutely can. I think they got rid of that with some new CBs. No, they did not. Look that up. Cause no, they that didn't. used to be that used to be the no, case. You, and you I think can, there's a new collective bargaining. You can, but they have to become the highest played player at that position. So he would be getting like a twenty-five million dollar a year contract. Now you might be right. Year. You might not. I'm not a hundred percent. Look it up. I am a hundred percent sure. Um. But now let me give you a scenario. So Bradford plays not plays eleven games, and in those eleven games they go eight and three, and he looks pretty good. But he gets hurt and he misses the last five games, which again goes into the fact of being injury prone. But for those eleven games, he looks like he's a top five quarterback in the league. Now what do you do with him next year? Because now with the five game in, injury, do you think it's do you franchise him? Do you resign him? I franchise him and try to give him one more year. But now, now teams probably aren't. Now teams are, are going to be even more scared to give those two first round picks because it's another five game team missed due to injury. So you really, for this to work the way you're saying it, you're really going to need 16 games, week one to week 16, um, week 17, obviously with the bye. You're going to need a great season, a winning record, great numbers, and maybe a win or two at least in the playoffs, and for them to look completely healthy. So you're asking a lot right now of a guy who hasn't been able. Anything close to that at any point of his career. So, Matt, right now is doing some research. Um, we don't have a research guy, so we have to do it ourselves. But, I mean, it, it's definitely asking a lot. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna happen that way. You're gonna need to lock the ball correctly. Um, 
I mean, obviously you expected him to come out and say that he was going to have the last season of his contract. But I just think that the trades are looking even worse right now. Obviously, I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe he'll play 16 games, and maybe he'll be the quarterback in the city for the next 10 years and win three Super Bowls. A player can be named franchise player two years in a row. Second year must include at least a 10% increase over a previous year salary or the average of the top five players in this position, whichever is higher. Player cannot be given the franchise player tag three years in a row. Well, right now with the franchise tag, it's an average of... But they're going to get a 10% raise on top. So you're giving a lot of money. So you're basically talking about one of the one or two highest-paced players at that point. Right. At the position. But no, so let's go by that scenario, because that's a very likely scenario. Say he plays 11 games, and he does really well in 11 games, and he's out for five games. Very likely, especially... Well, it depends. What which five games is he out? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... No, I'm saying, is he... Is he Continuation of this injury? Is he out the first five games? No, say, say he's, he's ready for week one. Say he plays week one through 11, and then week 11 gets hurt. And then he's out for the rest of the season? Yeah. But say they go eight and three in those games, and say he's he's got a great touchdown interception ratio. And yeah, I'd probably franchise him and, and take one more year with him, and then draft a rookie and have a rookie ready to go. I mean, I, it's, a no, it's a no lose situation because you can always. You give me any situation you want, and there, there's a situation I can. Well, of course, there's always a situation. Right, you right, but that's what I'm saying. But it's, it's also not a. Not with the franchise tag, you're going to buy a year, and you're going to get an extra year to. Think I really about don't things. see. I see what you're saying, but I also don't see a definite win-win situation because. Well, that's because you're a Nick Foles lover. Let's not just get Nick Foles lover, but I mean, tell me where the win-win is because if he has a great season and he plays 16 great games and they make the NFC Championship game and then. You want to go and sign him to a long-term deal, and you give him fifty million dollars, and he ends up tearing his ACL the next year. Where's the win-win in that? I mean, the best, right, best case scenario it is with it can happen with anyone. But obviously, he has a track record of it. He's been out for the last a certain point of games for the last four seasons. It's not like last year was a fluke injury and he's never missed a game. I mean, when you're injured year after year after year after year, Kelly thinks Kelly thinks that. With his injury prevention system and with the science that he's using, he's gotten a lot of guys with injuries because you can get them cheaper that way, and that's what he believes in. We'll see if it works. Like I said, I love what Kelly's doing because it's either going to work fantastically or it's going to blow up fantastically. I'm okay and with he's going to be gone in two years or he's going to win a Super Bowl in four years. Either way... I think you're going to get a quick answer to what Kelly is. I'm okay with signing it. Now, Kelly has tied – hold on. Now, Kelly has tied his vote to to Bradford. A lot of people think it was uh, in the chase to get Mariota, me included. I don't think he really wanted Bradford. I think he wanted Mariota. I think that was always plan A. I think they offered the world – and they offered the world to Tennessee, and Tennessee said, we want three first-round draft picks because we think this is movie draft day. But you, knew, but you knew that it's going to cost something like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think he tried to substitute everything he could. I think he offered Kendrick, um, who's his best linebacker. He offered, uh, what's his name, Fletcher Cox, who's his best player. Two first-round picks and Sam Bradford. I think that's a hell of an offer. I know it's it's unprecedented to move up from 20 to 2, but I think that was the offer. And, and I think that Tennessee said we want three first-round draft picks and all the things but, that you what I have to say is, how do you? I mean, that's that's like buying a new house before you, you sell your old one if you don't have the money to do it or something. You know what I mean? Like you made the trade in hopes that Tennessee would say, okay, we want Bradford and we make. Well, the other deal. thing is, they I think they they also knew that they had a first round pick 
somewhere happened with that first round pick. I think they knew they had a first round offer for him, and somewhere in in between uh, the trade they made and the draft, that team pulled out. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Unless you have in writing or something, I mean, you can't go making trades to make other trades without a, a guarantee that the other trade's going to then happen. Well, because I then think, you leave yourself think, in situations right. you don't want to be in. Uh, well, I agree. I think that this was thought out of as a plan B. And I think the fact that the Eagles offensive coordinator was Sam Bradford's coach under his only good year has a um, has a much has a lot to do with him not being worried about being stuck with Bradford. So I I think that it'll all work out one way or another. And like I said, uh, what's his name? Kelly might have his vote hitched to Bradford, but what he said is true. Don't get a guy who was drafted number one overall with no problems. And you don't get a guy with the upside of Sam Bradford without drafting at the top of the draft, unless you get extremely lucky and Aaron Rodgers falls to you for some unknown reason. That doesn't happen at all. No, I understand. You get lucky with a Russell Wilson, who I, I, I agree, again, with a lot of GMs in the league think he's a game manager. They don't think he that is. Russell Wilson... He's not an elite quarterback. Right. They don't, they don't think Russell Wilson could win without Marshawn Lynch and that defense. That's why Seattle doesn't want to give him that elite, you know, top quarterback in the league exactly. money, and I don't blame him for that. But, um... My point is, I understand the fact that you don't that you need to take some damaged goods in order to get the value on it. You're not going to get a guy. I mean, obviously, if Bradford came in the league and was tearing it up, the Rams won and got rid of him. I understand that. Having said that, I just want to touch on something you mentioned before about you felt like if they couldn't trade with Mariota, they had another trade in place for a first round pick for Bradford. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now say that that happened. It was it was one of the later picks. I think it was like Browns at 19 or something. Yeah. So say they. Tried to get Mariota, Titans said no, we don't, we're not interested. Okay, <laughs> so now you trade Bradford for that 19 pick. Now where's your team at? Because right now people are hoping that Bradford is somebody, um, and they're just going to go off the potential that he had coming out of college and hope that he could turn it right, around. Right, I, I think. So if they would have traded him for that 19 pick, who's your quarterback now? You have Sanchez and you have Tebow. No, you, I think you would have seen them draft. Uh, Who though? Who came out of last year's draft? You would have been. That interesting. I, I think Hunley and you think uh, Petty. Petty. Right, but I don't think either one of them are ready to start the season. I think you would have found out. Yeah, <laughs> and then but you would have probably been going in the camp right now with Sanchez as the favorite to be your 16-game quarterback. Well, that's where we're at right now. Sanchez is the favorite to be the week one starter. So it's, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's laughable. Like, you just laugh. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, obviously, also, he felt like he doesn't need offensive guards. He got rid of an all-pro in Mathis. Um, yeah, by the way, where did Mathis sign? Is he so valuable? Nowhere yet, I don't think. No, he is not. Because he's not that valuable. He's pretty valuable. He's an all-pro. On the field, he's valuable. He's older in age, and teams might not want to give him the big he's contract. He's not that valuable. On the field, he's a valuable player. He's not that valuable. He, he, he didn't start in any system other than Reed. He got lucky. He found a system that worked. He played in Cincinnati for a long time. Right, as a backup. Oh, he was absolutely a backup. He never started. Regardless, though, but he's a he good player. He never started a full so, year. So he's a good player for this system. So what if he doesn't play It's not this system. system. It's Reed's system. But he was an all-pro the last two seasons in Chip Kelly's system. So what's that An all-pro. And, and, and an all-pro is different from a pro bowler. I understand the pro bowl. No, no, he was a pro bowler. And an all-pro. Okay, that's all done by reputation. He, was, he did not play well last year. 
He did not play well last year. He played pretty good. He did not play well last year. Well, that's your take on him. I think he played well. You're a follow Fantasy Chip. football You're versus. a Philly homer. Follow Chip Kelly blindly no matter what he does. And I'm just going to say that as much as I root for the Eagles and I do love them, I'm not a, I'm not a homer. I'm not a, a bleed green. Everything Chip Kelly does is, is amazing because he's a genius. I don't really think everything he does is amazing. You'll just follow everything he does blindly just like a lot of other people. And I'm not going to do it. He wasn't good last year. You would have, but sorry. that's what you are. You just admitted No, though. absolutely not. I disagree with a lot of moves he made. I would not have gotten rid of Deshaun Jackson. Really? Because five minutes ago, you were just saying how much you loved all the moves Chip Kelly was making. I love what he did on defense. On defense, yeah. He did pretty – the team looks better on paper defensively. We'll see if it all jumps together, but on paper, it looks better. Oh, my God. They had a horrible defense last year. I think he wants to make his own team, and I understand it. Hey, more power to him. Do I agree with every move he did? Absolutely not. Jerry, you know me. I feel like this is a corporate takeover, and I think that I'm very anti-corporation. I've, I've been fired just because a, a guy did not like me, so you should know that I am not one of those guys who stands up for something like that. Um, I think that that's what happened with Deshaun. Sean couldn't fit in with the culture. He's a diva. Kelly's a college coach. He couldn't deal with someone saying no to him, and I think that's what happened to Deshaun. Well, part of being a... I don't part, know. Part of, being a, part of being a professional dealing with professional locker Absolutely. Rooms. Absolutely. And do I think he's a good GM? Absolutely not. There's a lot of things I disagree with. Evan Mathis is not one of them. Okay, so that's your take on it. And we'll see. But don't call me a homer just because I... I, I a lot like of I, people are homers with everything. Trip, if you look on the on Facebook, <laughs> on the on the boards, the, the posts that, that come out of, of Bleed Green Nation and, and showed up Eagles and all them. A lot of people, I'll post on there that I don't like the move, and they'll all be screaming at me because I don't like the move because a lot of people are intrinsically trust blindly, and I hate that. I hate when somebody just blindly trusts something that somebody else says. I understand that, but don't want me in with that. All right. Well, then don't want me in with not knowing what I'm talking about. I never did. All right. So this we is agree. your ego again. We agree to disagree. No, I on... just I just said that Evan Mathis wasn't that good last year, okay. I, and I don't. I think he's an overvalued player. That's just my opinion. And we'll see, what, we'll see who comes in to replace him. And if they can replace him just That's as well. Open. And if he can replace him just as well in the offensive line gels, then I'll say, yeah, we didn't need him. It's, it's okay. I don't need, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a bad year in the offensive line. I just don't think Evan Mathis would have done much better. And I understand that he's young 34 because he has less mileage. But with his injuries starting to rack up, getting near the end. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. And he was not happy with his contract. And he had Drew Rosenhaus, which leads me to believe he was making freaking noise because that's what Drew Rosenhaus does. And he was becoming too much of a pain in the ass. And finally they said, you know what? Enjoy. That's that's Drew Rosenhaus' job. Right. But Drew Rosenhaus is a detriment because he does stuff like this. He's also helpful to his clients because he gets them the contract that they're looking for. Sometimes. sometimes. I mean, Scott Forrest does the same thing. He he lost Terrell Owens' money. I'm going to tell you that right now. The Eagles would have paid Terrell Owens his money. Drew Rosenhaus said, no, you can get a better deal. And they had Terrell Owens working out on the stupid steps. Now, Dallas paid him, but they didn't pay him as much as the Eagles did. The Eagles would have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Drew Rosenhaus makes bad decisions. Scott Forrest does the same thing in baseball. Oh, absolutely. But I think Forrest does it better. Boris is extremely smart. No, there's a difference between Boris and Rosenhaus. So never see Boris or his clients trying to, excuse me, to get mainstream media attention. 
What he will do is he'll play teams against each other, and he won't make a deal until you get the best deal. Well, most of the guys aren't mainstream media attention. T.O. did his thing. Who even knows? I don't, you don't know Rosenhaus told me to do that. T.O.'s a demon. T.O.'s a showman. T.O. is get your popcorn Rosenhaus ready. Rosenhaus has a freaking web, has, has a YouTube account that he does this stuff with many different players. He's done it with several Eagles. But T.O. is a different story. T.O. Right. is T.O.'s the one who got attention because he was a wide receiver. And he was, uh, and he's also T.O. He's, he's right. He did it he's, with one of the Eagles offensive linemen. He didn't even know how to say the guy's name. He was name. doing the same thing no matter. Right, but I'm just saying Drew Rosenhaus is that kind of guy. So Drew Rosenhaus. He's also he, got on a lot of good contracts for a lot of clients. All right, I disagree wholeheartedly. He's also undercut agents. He's done awful things. He's professionally a shark. He's a professional shark who is nothing but a disgrace of a human being. I do not like Drew Rosenhaus. I don't want his name even mentioned on this stupid podcast. The only reason why I mention him is because he's a freaking problem, and I think I don't think Mathis was a problem. I think Rosenhaus was a problem. Wait, for somebody who's never worked in the front office and doesn't sign contracts, you have a lot of knowledge on what Drew House Rosenhaus is. And I'm just judging on places based on what he does publicly. I know. Just, wait, I think we have a call coming in. We do have a call. Hello, caller. Hey, guys. What's up? Hello. Hey, it's TJ. Oh, oh TJ. Fresh up? off the World Series of Poker. What's going on? <laughs> Not quite. But well, you, you were there, so you're fresh off of being there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought I, said, I thought he said I was the prince. No. But, no, um, no, no. I said yeah, ba- off the world. Back home. Poker. Back home now. Yeah. Canada. Yeah, it was a good. It's good. Happy to be back. Like I'm missing the USA Gold Cup game right now, though. It's not. It's not showing here. The they're playing. They're playing Jamaica in the semifinals. It's not showing here either. It's not showing in my house either. <laughs> it's not showing in America either. <laughs> um, what? What's that? Is that like the Pan Am game thing? It's uh, the gold. Yeah. No, it's the Gold Cups. It's the Concacaf. So no, it's the. No. It's like nor- okay. the North American and, and island yeah. teams like Me- Mexico, U.S., Jamaica. U.S. is playing Jamaica now. Big, other than Mexico, who's the big competition for the U.S.? Um, Puerto Rico with the population of what? No. No. Um, the other good team, I mean, Honduras. Coast, Co- Costa Rica had a good run in the World Cup. I think they I think they might have went to the semifinals. They definitely went to at least the quarterfinals. But Costa Rica was uh, Costa Rica, Mexico, USA, Honduras. Which is shocking to me uh, because Costa Rica probably has a population of like one one to two million. I think it might be a little more. I'm not I'm not sure. So but, is America uh, in the Yeah they're good. Uruguay Uruguay has a population of two million and they Uruguay's won the World Cup multiple times and they're always in the top four teams, Uruguay's top five teams. Yeah but South America, I don't know. They just seem to to play better than yeah. their uh than their uh population. Yeah, it's just for sad sure. that the U.S. has like 60 times the amount of people uh, that these other countries do, and they still can't win. Yeah, well, uh, they put our be- our best athletes play other sports. That's true. And there's not enough Would money. The there's a lot of. Uh... What do I think about what? The Open. It's enough soccer talk. What do you think of the uh, the Open? Oh, the open? Uh, yeah. I really want to. I can't believe Dustin Johnson just fell apart. Huh? What happened to him? What happened to him? I don't know. He's a head case. He can't hold it together. A couple things go wrong. And, 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 I didn't even follow. Who won? Um, 
Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson won in a, in a three uh, in a playoff against Louis Ustenhausen and some other dudes. Louis Ustenhausen. Um, yeah, Zach Johnson's a real wiener too. I can't stand him. Yeah, at least he's American. Though. I was happy to see an American win at least. But be, no, I don't like I don't like many of the fun. Americans. The Euro the European guys are so much cooler. I don't know. Speeth and DJ are American. Yeah, they're yeah, they're my two favorite ones. Dude, Spieth was so close. He he, ah, he bogeyed seventeen when he should have parted, it, and then he would have had a chance to be in the overtime in the playoff. He probably would have won. I mean, he couldn't. He looked flawless when he won the Masters in the U.S. And Open. He, he looked great, but I don't know. He finally showed some uh, that he, he showed us that he's human. Now he made some big shots, but he just I don't know. He missed a couple of shots too. Did you see the picture of him? Uh, flying back on a private plane, like chugging some kind of alcoholic beverage out of some kind of fancy glass. No, I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> they showed it on, on uh, Instagram. Sports shows today on his and hers. Uh, or something they're showing it. Yeah, Matt, you want to oh, that's really funny. Uh, so there's one more. There's one more left, right? Yeah. The players' championship is that a major? Yeah. Yeah, the players. Three out of four? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of course they're playing on. I don't think it matters. I think Speed's going to be around here for ten years. I think he's the dominant. Yeah, he's no going to be at the end of it. He, I've been I've been saying it since he since I saw him play the Masters. He's going to be the best golfer of all time. You can be you can be around a lot longer than ten years in golf. I mean, twenty. Golf. Yeah, you can be around twenty. You can be twenty five years. Twenty one. It's golf. You got ninety year old guys playing golf. <laughs> Obviously not a professional level, but we we were having an argument about this the other day. Uh T J thinks that golfers are great athletes and I said obviously there's some that are athletic, but you don't necessarily well, need to be John a great Daly athlete. was a freaking golfer. He's not an athlete. Yeah, you're you're a hell of an athlete. He, he, he Did drive that ball, ball that far? Not the same shape as I am, TJ. I wouldn't call myself an athlete. <laughs> uh, I would think he's a lot really athletic, more of an athlete. Right? But he I lost a ton of weight too recently. Really? Good for him. I yeah. Do that. He's like he must be 170 pounds, 180 pounds. Oh, I only outweigh him by what 150? He's down. He's not 180 pounds. I saw <laughs> I saw him at the at the open. They were showing him or something. He's definitely like 240 or something. No chance, unless he gained it back. But he was definitely under two hundred. There's no a, way he was better than me, and I'm like two thirty. Nah, definitely not. Unless he he could have gained it all back. That's what tends to happen a lot of times. Maybe he got back on the booze. Yeah, probably. And then your boy Jason yeah. Day was close too. That's another thing. Too, yeah. Man. I mean, I know a lot of people who play golf drunk. I don't think you can do an athletic endeavor drunk. And don't give me the whole paper who's to play drunk because I don't buy that. <laughs> These guys on tour aren't playing drunk. They're not allowed to drink while they play. Yeah, I mean, there's a big. I could play. I could play any sport I want drunk. I could play basketball, baseball, for sure. Not baseball. Well, not, not, not at a professional level though. Yeah, no one's gonna play golf well at a professional level either. Yeah, I don't think they're playing drunk on their professional courses. I think they could. I think that we need to set that up. We could say it. <laughs> I mean, why not? I'm sure they've done it before. Yeah. See if their see if their scores uh match the regular golfer scores. <laughs> I don't know. 
Probably would. I it probably would. I don't know golf. I don't know what kind of game golf is. Golf's a game. I don't, I don't play it well, but it's it's like uh, it doesn't right. It's it's all about angles and stuff. It's not even about how hard you can hit it. So. Uh, I think it's a lot more complicated than anything you're saying. But have you ever been yeah, golfing? What, what's that? You ever went golfing? I mean, I've hit the ball a couple of times, but that's oh, about it. I've only yeah. played on. I've only played I've on the on course like five or six times. Yeah. What were you gonna say? What do we think about what? Oh, uh, the the Phillies pitcher. I'm sure you're talking about it already. Uh, Noah. See the new Noah, the face of the franchise. Yeah, probably, but I said we need to temper our expectations just because pitchers pitching their first game generally uh, do well because there's no tape on them. Yeah. However, and, yeah. However, I, I never saw Garrett excited. Play- I, ne- I never huh? saw Garrett excited about a pitcher before. Garrett hates pitchers. I wasn't excited about him. I just said that he looked good. Uh, he's not going to be the face of the franchise. He's a pitcher. I mean, obviously, a position player will be the. What do you have against pitchers? Ago. They're, I got nothing against pitchers. Obviously, you need them in baseball, but you can't tell me they're more important than a position player. What did, what did your dad think? Did he like him? Yeah, he liked him. Yeah. I said that was the only game your That's dad decided to watch for the next five years. What yeah. did you think? Did you, watch, did you watch him? No, I didn't watch. <laughs> I was busy I stuck in an airport for 14 hours. Damn. 14 hours. But, um, normal? Yeah, I know. I got screwed. But anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to find this USA Jamaica game somewhere. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I'm on. All right. Talk to you later. I'll text you later. Bye. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. That was nice. That was TJ. Uh, he was in Vegas all last month for the World Series. He, he did pretty well in the main event, so he cashed. Cash. He was actually in the top 10 trip for a while or 12 or something like that. Top 12 for a long while. Top 10 for a short period of time. Yeah. So, still pretty successful, Rob. Yes, absolutely. TJ Omer, who, by the way, is growing an epic beard. Yes, that beard's crazy. It's not my thing. I told him to shave it, but we're not dating, so <laughs> listen. Um, but, yeah, definitely not my thing. Show that if he wants to give it to you by TJ. Yeah, maybe a lot. I don't know. Have <laughs> uh, anyway. you been to Canada recently? Yeah. Um... What were we talking about before? We I don't know. I was really hyped. Oh, we were talking about Mathis and all that. We're kind of off now. That that train kind of. You can't be really hyping and like cool down with a conversation and get back on it. So let's just move on to the next subject. All right, that's about it, guys. We've been on for an hour and a half, believe it or not. Time's kind of flown. Guys, I cannot thank you enough for listening. Uh, we had only one call today, but you know what? Hopefully, we'll grow with that. Um, we're gonna. Keep on coming on uh, Wednesday nights, usually between 5 and 6 p.m. And uh, we encourage you guys to call. The number is 602-753-1597. Garrett, give us the social media stuff. Yeah, so again, 602-753-1597. Phone number, always the same phone number. So save it. Uh, you can follow us at Talk with Matt and Garrett on Twitter. That's Talk W Matt. Letter N Gar or at Matt Cisco. Uh, you get the one page, you can easily follow the other page. We'll follow you back and have some good discussions on Twitter. Um, Matt, you want to give them the iTunes account? Yep, on iTunes or, like I said, I downloaded a 
something called Podcast Addict for the uh, Android device. Look for us. Uh, our podcast name is Philly Sports with Garen Matt. Philly Sports with Garen Matt. You'll find us. Please subscribe. Um, you might hear a commercial or two. I swear we didn't do it. Uh, that's whatever podcast did it. And uh, and you'll hear the full song um, that's been leading off, leading yeah. off our podcast. Let me explain that real quick for the few of you who hung in there for all this time. Uh, yeah, so Back to the Shack is a song that Weezer played, basically saying they have to get back to where they were popular in 95 and when they used to rock, because they went away from that formula for a while to become more poppy. And uh, with this show, my idea was to get back to my dream of one day, like I said, becoming like a Philly sports talk announcer. So that's how I got the inspiration for that song. I don't know how long it's going to remain up. Hopefully, like I said, my band's going to come back and uh, talk to me. Uh, Garrett's betting against it, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like a garage band that, you know, we're friends with the lead drummer and the lead singer and the lead guitarist that's dating my although, sister. This although, is like a legit band that tours. Although, you know what? My um, my girlfriend's brother does play guitar. Maybe I can get him to do something as a backup player. Yeah, maybe something like that, your girlfriend's brother. Um, and I don't have a sister, so no guys calling ask about my sister. Um, but, but yeah, maybe something like that. But this is a legit band that puts CDs out, that tours, that uh, if you search it. Makes a lot of money. Right. It's it's a legit band. So I don't think. <clears throat> so if we get them on, but they have done something for baseball. They did something for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, the Arizona so, Diamondbacks are slightly bigger than our band. Like I said, if, if you guys are listening, Roger. And slightly, because they are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Roger, if you're listening, I will promote you every single show. And if we grow, hopefully we will spread the word of you guys. I'm not going to say the rest of the band's name until uh, we have talks, because I don't know if they want us to. But uh, like I said, hopefully it's a dream. The Arizona Diamondbacks. They did work for the Arizona Diamondbacks, so they're going to do work for our podcast. I love love your enthusiasm. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, um, like I said, you can find us on iTunes now, finally. We got some professional... Yeah, give them one more time the iTunes name. Yeah, you just want to... Because you're on freaking top billing. Well, that... But also because a lot of people are going to be listening to it through iTunes. So this week, so Philly Sports with Garen Matt. Yeah, you heard it. Yeah. Um, We're going to need to change that name. But anyway, like I said, um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Like I said, we'll be here next week. Uh, we're going to go on Wednesdays in September. We're going to start going with Thursdays. And I'm going to volunteer my Wednesdays for uh, wheelchair basketball. And hopefully one of these times we're going to get Eric on the show, who is the head coach of the wheelchair Sixers and a huge, huge Philadelphia sports fan. And he never sees eye to eye with Garrett. So that should be fun. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love the new setup, the new mics, the new iTunes. We're definitely moving in the right direction. So, yeah, stay with please, us. please keep listening, and, and we promise we're going to do our best uh, to give you the best in uh, free entertainment. Thank you. Have a good week.